good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. <clears throat> if I sounded a little froggy, I'm sorry. <laughs> that just, I don't know where that comes from. All of a sudden, it just pops up. All right, so we are reading in Genesis chapter 1. I'm not going to go back to the end of Revelation because that's the end. That We're done with that. So we're in Genesis chapter 1. Now I am reading from the Amplified Bible. I want to read over this and then I want us, you know, I kind of want us to think about some things. Uh, and so some things I'll mention as we go, but at the end I may take us back and just look at a few things. Alright, so Genesis chapter 1, I am reading from the Amplified Bible. In the beginning, God, now in parentheses they have I'm going to say this as best I could. Elohim or Elohim. It's E-L-O-H-I-M. Now, I want to explain this. I think this is interesting. I don't think it's necessarily something you have to worry about, but it's something that's interesting. In the beginning, God or Elohim, and if I'm saying that incorrectly, I, I really apologize, but I, I do the best I can. Uh, Elohim, this is a plural form which itself is used to refer to God in compounds. Um, well, hold on a minute. Anyway, this is a plural form which indicates... Yeah, let me condense this because what they're saying might be confusing. This is a plural form of the word meaning gods. Meaning, it's a reference. We take that as a reference because it is a plural form. Um, we take that as a reference to the Trinity being, you know, like... like uh, like we say later, John says later in the New Testament, the Word was with God and the Word was God. It is a reference to the fact that God is, he is a plural trinity. The Godhead is not just God, but it is God. It is Jesus. It is the Holy Spirit. So, so it's a reference to that, and that's how I look at that. So, if that sounds a little confusing, you can ignore it. It's not... It's not uh, it's not a huge thing. It's just an interesting thing in the Hebrew language how that comes how that comes across. It just kind of confirms um, what we've what we've always known. So, well, what we know, and it really starts here. So maybe 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 I'm saying that incorrectly, which I apologize. I'm kind of getting us off on a tangent. I just think this is interesting. So in the beginning, God created now. It says created here, and there's a little note, and it says that he created everything, okay? He created it as near as we know, as far as we can tell, he created everything from nothing or from himself, okay? Because he created it. And we know that nothing ever, no matter and no life and no anything else, we know that nothing ever just spontaneously generates on its own. So God created it somehow. Now, this says and implies that God created by forming from nothing the heavens and the earth. Well, I don't know what he used to create it. If he just willed it into existence himself or if he used actual materials that he had. I don't know. So there's speculation I don't want to get into, but I'm just saying that they're implying here that God created everything from nothing, meaning he created it from himself, which is a possibility. You know, I'm not going to 
debate that with anyone. That could easily be absolute fact. Um, what I go by usually is it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, it doesn't usually, you know, this is in brackets added by the Amplified Bible and it says by forming from nothing and they're saying that's implied or deduced from the Hebrew text. But I don't, I don't know that I want to look at an implication or a deduction. So to me, I would just read this as in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And God is God, the Word, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. So, they created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, The earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth is what they have in brackets. And, and that makes sense. That's the implication there from those words. Now, the earth was, when it says void and waste, there's two Hebrew words there that are, um, they mean uh, waste and emptiness, wasteness and emptiness, and they combining those two together to stress or to express and amplify each other, kind of, you know, uh, making sure that we understand that the earth was not, you know, it was just... Uh, what's the right way to say it? Um, well, they say here it has no had no discernible features at this point in creation, but was just a mass of just a raw mass that hadn't been fully formed or or was not complete and finished at this point. There you go. It's in the process. It's beginning, but it's not done. Okay. So that's the point here. Is that <clears throat> first he created the earth and it was just like this. Let's just say it's like. And this is just going to be kind of a metaphor, okay? But it's just going to be like this lump. <laughs> it's just going to be like this lump, this ball that has no real well-formed features. It's not finished yet. You don't necessarily have all the mountains and everything in perfect shape. And, you know, there's no life being mentioned or anything here. So it's, it's a very rudimentary, the beginning stage of the Earth, okay? Now, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, this is what uh, the Bible says. This is, the earth was formless and void, or a waste and emptiness, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, their amplification of that, or explanation, is the primeval ocean that covered the unformed earth, meaning there was already water in existence, and there could easily have been. God created this, and he created the water and everything. Okay, so... Next, the Spirit of God was moving, hovering, and this says brooding. I'm not sure about brooding, but okay. But hovering over the face of the waters. So this is the Spirit in action, hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now there's a note on this, how God says, let there be light. He's not commanding or demanding light. This is a different type of way they say things in Hebrew, and they call it a voluntative mood, where the translation would be most properly be something like this. It is my will that this happen. Okay, we don't really have that kind of uh, 
a mood or, or way of saying things in, in English that's exactly but this is this is really close. In other words, God is saying it's my will that this happen, so you know, that's kind of like let. We say let this happen. And it doesn't represent a, a, a normal, what we would consider a normal command or demand, but more just an expression of will. He's saying just let there be light, and there was light. He's he's just, you know, saying, eh, he's just willing it to happen, and it happens. So it's an expression of God's will, and boom, there is light. So, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, pleasing and useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. Now, they added this, he affirmed and sustained it, and I'm going to explain that as best I can here. They say that he affirmed and sustained it is understood from the context. The idea is that he saw that it was good, so he, he kept it and he sustains it, just like he sustains us now. We are only in existence because of God's will. And as long as he wills it, we will be here. So, he affirmed and sustained it. In other words, he, he, he willed it into being. He saw that it was good. So he said, okay, we're going to keep that around. Now, I know I'm, I'm bringing this down to a very basic level, but I think that's easy to understand. He says, let there be light. There's light. And he's like, oh, that was a good idea. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep that around. If you've ever sat down and you had an idea and you're drawing something or writing something and you say, oh, I'm going to try this and I add that. And then I go, oh, well, okay, that was not a good idea and I'm going to remove that. Or you try something and you go, oh, that's a good idea. I'm keeping that. That's good. It's kind of like that. Okay. And I'm not trying to bring God down to our level. I'm just saying that he created it. He saw that it was good. And then he affirmed it and sustained it. And that's still what he does now. He's still sustaining everything in creation. So he affirmed and sustained it. Well, let me go back. We'll just start over. God saw that the light was good, pleasing, useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. And God separated the light, distinguishing it from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Now there's a note here on these, and I want to mention this, just, just it might be helpful to us. The evening, the Hebrew word for evening, uh, indicates sunset or dusk. And the Hebrew word for morning really indicates dawn or sunrise. So both are indications of the light setting and the light rising. So there was evening and there was morning, meaning the sun sat and the sun rose. That was a day. So this implies literal days to me. However, again, I don't want to get into a lot of speculation. And I understand if some people believe that uh, this all took a lot longer or that God created it in a slower fashion. I'm not too worried about that. I would rather focus on and make sure that you believe in Jesus and that you are uh, believing in God and following him correctly and being baptized and following the Bible 
Uh, didn't worry about minor things like that. It is interesting to talk about. As I said, I tend to lead, uh, read it more literal, so bear with me on that. Alright, so verse 6. And God said, Let there be an expanse of the sky in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters below the expanse from the waters above the expanse. Now, I always found this interesting in that I imagine it's very hard to explain and express to someone this was this was all uh, written by Moses. This was God giving all of this to Moses. It would be hard to express to him the differences between Earth and the atmosphere here, and then space and the lack of atmosphere. And it's almost like the water here and the space there is is com is almost compared the same like we're separating the water here on earth from the let's call it figuratively the water in space you know that's how it sounds to me let's separate the waters below the expanse which i think take of as our uh, that's our uh, atmosphere from the waters above the expanse which to me would be space outside off you know beyond the earth's atmosphere but anyway, whether or not you take it that way or read it that way is fine. I'm just saying this is how it sounds to me. It sounds kind of odd, but you have to remember God is explaining something to someone, you know, thousands of years ago who had, like, no technology. I mean, <laughs> very, very little technology. So they, they did not know a lot of the things that we know now. All right. <clears throat> so. And God said, Let there be an expanse of the sky in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters below the expanse from the waters above the expanse. And God made the expanse of sky, and separated the waters which were under the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse. And it was so, just as he commanded. God called the expanse of sky heaven. And there was evening, and there was morning a second day. Now, there may be even more to that when you read that. There, there could be some more to this than what I just said. Um, but that's how I've always looked at this. This is a, a speaking of creating the atmosphere that envelops the earth and protects us from the void of space. And actually, it also protects us from the sun, even, which is the sun is a wonderful thing for us. But with if our atmosphere was not just right, um, you look at Venus and Mars, we could end up either desolate and freezing cold, or we could end up a fiery inferno like Venus or Mercury. <laughs> so, I mean, a lot of things had to be exactly right. God knew what he was doing. Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place of standing, pooling together, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that this was good, pleasing, useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. There again, similar to light. So God said, let the earth sprout tender vegetation, or grass. Now it is more than just grass, but grasses. And plants. Now plants could be also be herbs it's a lot of a lot of things yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit according to 
limited to, consistent with, their kind, whose seed is in them upon the earth, and it was so. Now, notice kind, we're going to see this according to their kind quite a bit. Kind, I would think about this like um, dogs. There are a bunch of different dogs, whether you call them wolves, coyotes, shepherds, um, pit bulls, whatever. There's a lot of different dogs, but they're all really one kind. They're all dogs. They're all canines. They can all breed together and, and make more dogs. Okay, So they're all one kind. And the same with cats. They're all one kind. You have all these variations. Everything from, you know, the lion and the tigers to down to the little house cat and uh, even the little furless cats. But they're all one kind. They can, they can breed and make more cats together. But you can't breed a dog and a cat. You never get a cat dog or a dog cat like that cartoon, if you've ever seen that silliness. But um, that never happens. So that's kind. That's how kind is being. That's how we need to look at that and remember that. Uh, it's important because the kind of trees, you know, you can't, um, like trees, I think trees can be mixed and matched and we can do a lot of things with trees, but, you know, you don't see us uh, mixing tree with, say, a grass because they're a different kind. They don't really support one another in the same way. They can't and they can't be grafted and messed with in that way. So, you know, grasses tend to stay with grasses, etc., etc. So there's different kinds, and we, we classify that, and I forget, is it genus and species and all that? We classify all that ourselves. So, um, But here, he simply says, within their kind. So, all right. We're going to continue on. The earth sprouted and abundantly produced vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them according to their kind. And God saw that it was good, and he affirmed and sustained it. And there was evening, and there was morning, a third day. So here, he has created all the vegetation and the plants and the trees. So he's getting everything ready. God is going through things in a methodical, um, logical process. Okay, verse 14. Then God said, Let there be light bearers, sun, moon, stars, in the expanse of the heavens, to separate the day from the night, and let them be useful for signs, tokens of God's provident care and for marking seasons, days, and years, and let them be useful as lights in the expanse of the heavens to provide light on the earth. And it was so, just as he commanded. So here he created the light bearers. He created the sun, the moon, and the stars. And he created them to help differentiate the day from the night and also to mark the seasons, the days, and the years. And I, I like the fact they've added in that it's also for signs or tokens of God's care. You know, it could be to also to remind us when we look up in awe of the sky of what God has created and what he has done for us. I think that makes perfect sense in its own way. 
that all of this, you know, all of creation he made, you know, for us in one way or another. So if it's there to remind us of him and to be appreciative, that, that makes sense to me. So continuing on. God made the two great lights, the greater light, the sun to rule the day, and the lesser light, the moon, to rule the night. He made the, now this says, this is the implication, they're adding this in, okay. He made the galaxies of stars, so, or you could, you know, you can read it without that, and you can say, he made the stars also. That is, all the amazing wonders in the heavens. He made everything in the heavens that we see, even now that we see with, like, the Hubble telescopes and all that stuff. Everything we see, no matter how far off, God formed that, this whole universe. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to provide light upon the earth, to rule over the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and he affirmed and sustained it. And there was evening, and there was morning, a fourth day. Then God said, Let the waters swarm, and abundantly produce living creatures, and let birds soar above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarmed according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and he affirmed and sustained it. And God blessed them saying, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Now here he's created all the creatures um, well, I'm sorry, <clears throat> let me say that differently. All the water creatures and all the birds. So, you, you could look at birds flying in the air almost as a form of swimming. So, in a way, it makes a kind of sense. Um, so, he's made the water and the fowl or the birds. He's made the water creatures and all that in that day at that, at that time. Then God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to, limited to, consistent with, their kind, livestock, crawling things, and wild animals of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so, because he had spoken them into creation. Now, and that's another thing. We need to realize that God is willing this to happen, but he is also speaking it. He's saying... You know, my will is that this happen, so it happens. He's speaking it into being. He's speaking everything, all of these things into being. This is, this is why God cannot, does not lie. What he says is true, always. That it will always be true. It will always happen. He cannot lie. So God made the wild animals of the earth according to their kind, and the cattle according to their kind, and everything that creeps and crawls on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good, pleasing, useful, and he affirmed and sustained it. Now, I could have done without the creeping things, the bugs and all that stuff, okay? But they serve a purpose in the ecosystem, in the way 
everything works. I know, I know they do. I could have done without them, but I understand they serve a purpose. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. But, you know, God knows what he's doing. Then God said, let us, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, make man in our image according to our likeness, not physical. Now, this is something they're adding. Not physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. I'm going to say not just physical, but a spiritual personality and moral likeness. I think that physically, our physical form is not as important. However, I believe we do have a physical form that is somehow related. I think in every way we are created in a way that is related to God. How that translates, you know, how, you know, am I saying that God has a human-like body? Not necessarily. I'm not necessarily getting at that. I'm just saying that we're created in his image. And I think, I think that applies both physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. I think it applies in, in every facet. And it's just something to think about. It's not anything to get caught up on, but it's just a thought. All right, so <clears throat> let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Now, also, moral likeness is included they, because God wanted us to be moral, morally like him. You know, he wanted us to be spiritually and morally like him. And let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and over the entire earth, and over everything that creeps and crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, granting them certain authority, and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth, and subjugate it, put in it under your power, and rule over, dominate the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and every living thing that moves upon the earth. So God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the entire earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. And to all the animals on the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that moves on the ground, to everything in which there is the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so because he commanded it. God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good, and he validated it completely. And there was evening, and there was morning, a sixth day. Now, I want us to know something and realize. God created everything, all of us, as vegetarians. This, this earth in the beginning was a very different place. You know, the animals, the people, we had no reason to kill one another for anything. Now, I'm not a vegetarian, and I don't think I ever will be. But, I read this, and I wonder sometimes, you know, maybe in this instance, in this way, maybe vegetarians are correct. Maybe that is what we should be doing. It's just a thought. I'm not, not pushing that on anyone. 
I tell you, I had burgers last night. I, and I don't mean fake burgers. I mean, I had I had hamburger. So, I, and I'm not being judgmental on anybody. If somebody wants to judge me and say that I should, you know, maybe be ve- vegetarian, they may be correct, though we are not commanded to do that. I'm just going to say, I'm going to remind you that we are not commanded to do that. That we are free to eat whatever. Both Jesus and then a vision given to Peter opened all that up for us. And plus, things do change later. We will get to that when we get to Noah's time. Things do change. So I want us to look at just a couple of things. And then we're going to be, I think we're going to be done for the moment. Um, There's a lot to think about in Genesis. Um, I'm not sure. You know, it's just a lot to think about and appreciate what God has done and how he did this. And to note that he willed it into being and spoke it into being. It was through his will and his speaking that he created. All right. So we need to notice in the beginning what was there, God. It doesn't say anything else is there, but we know God was there in the beginning before everything else. So you could say even before the beginning, God was there. And that would be correct. The only thing or person or people or things that we know were there before is God. And that is God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know they were there. So, we know that God spoke, created. Well, actually, now, here, this is slightly different. He created the heavens and the earth, okay? And he created it. This is that first initial creation. Now, he does not say anything there, but he created it. So we don't know how he created that. I've been saying that he spoke everything into existence. However, I think this sort of disproves what I was saying. So I apologize for that because it just says he created He could have spoken it into existence. I don't know. But it does not say it says he created the heavens and the earth. Now it goes on to tell us these other things. How, you know, he spoke the light into being. He he created our atmosphere. He spoke all this into being. And I, I guess I've always assumed that he created the heavens and the earth through speaking it into being with his will. But now I look at this and I say, well, it doesn't say that. So I cannot... Uh, I cannot, with certainty, say that he spoke it into being. But it does say he created it, and I believe that. He created the heavens and the earth. In other words, to me, when it says that, he created the universe. That includes the earth, our little planet. So now the earth, initially, when he first created it, was formless and void. It was just, like I said, and maybe I'm simplifying it, but just to keep it easily understood, it was a blob. <laughs> and there was no um, there was no forms. You know, there was nothing really discernible. And, you know, it was kind of formless and void. It was just a blob. And, you know, there, all the, the component parts were there. Like it says, the, the face of the deep, the ocean, there was component parts there, but it wasn't he hadn't finished his work. He hadn't truly worked on it. 
you know, that was just the initial plop it into being. He created it. And then we go through each day and he creates something. Um, and, and all this is refining the universe and the earth and making it possible for us to be here. You know, uh, let's see, he, he creates light in the first day. Correct. And then in the second day, he basically creates uh, the atmosphere. And that's how I look at this. I look at this as he created our atmosphere and separated everything out so that, so that the earth would have an atmosphere. And then, let's see, that was the second day. And then the third day, he creates the oceans and the land so that you would have oceans and land, seas and land. Let's see, and also, he did season land, and then also, now this is still the third day, so he did double duty here, because he did the seas and the land, and then he created the vegetation. He brought forth all the vegetation, which would be needed to support the animal life that he was getting ready to create. It, the order of these things makes sense if you pay attention, like the light would have to be there for the plants to be able to exist. The water would need to be there for the plants to be able to exist. The land would need to be there. So all of this makes sense if you think about this as you go through this. Okay, so that was the third day. Now in the fourth day, he creates the sun, the moon, the stars. Now you could say, well, why wasn't that created before? I guess it wasn't an immediate need at that moment. You know, uh, the atmosphere and everything else was there. So, you know, I guess it wasn't needed before everything else. Because but he had already created the light, though. The light was already there, which is kind of an odd way to think about that. He had already created the light. But in the fourth day, he creates what we, what, he calls here the light bearers and what we think of as the light bearers, which, you know, is the sun and the moon and the stars. And that would be all the galaxies and everything. So a lot of that, since the light already existed, you know, everything was fine up to that point. But then here he needed, he wanted or needed, depending on how you look at it, he wanted um, he willed it into being. He created these light bearers and set up, the, basically setting up, if I'm understanding this right, you know, he, he set up the signs and the tokens so that we would understand the passing of time and perhaps the seasons and all that. So it sounds like he was also setting up seasons, you know, of light and darkness and all that. So that's the fourth day. And then in the fifth day, he is creating all the sea creatures and birds, and that makes sense after their kind. And then on the, uh, this was, is this the sixth day? Let's see, that was the fifth day. Then on the sixth day, he brought forth all the living creatures, all the living creatures of the world, and he created man. And he created man in his own image. And he gave them dominion over everything. He gave them authority. 
So then the difference is man was created in the image. And when I say man, I mean all of humankind, men and women. We were all created in the image of God. Now that's a loose interpretation. None of us look exactly the same and none of us look exactly like God in that sense because it's not intended to mean a literal perfect replica copy example. Instead, we're created in the image of, in the idea of, and we have free will. Again, something that God has. So, we are given dominion, and uh, that is pretty much how it ends here. We're given dominion over everything, uh, and we're told that all the plants, all the herbs and plants and uh, fruit trees and all that are for us as food. It's for us to eat. And it's for every animal to eat. All animals were living a vegetarian lifestyle. Basically all animals were eating plants. And so that would have been a much different earth. Alright. So that is chapter one. I think we've gone through um, Everything I can think of there, and hopefully I've not uh, uh, driven you crazy with it, and hopefully I have not said anything incorrectly. But we have to realize that these things happened in a certain order, and there's there's reasons behind that. And uh, this is the way God did it. I am taking it largely literally, okay? So, if if you look at it in a more symbolic stance, that, that is probably okay. Um, I, I do believe, though, that God created all these creatures after their kind and, and us. You know, it's why we can't mate with creatures and creatures can't mate with us, you know. Because everything is created after its own kind. God um, created us in such a way that the DNA will not allow us to do you know, to, to mix and match with creatures that are not in our species. So, and that's why I say, and I, I just want to mention this real quick, uh, that's why I say there's, there's only one race of people, and that's the human race. We're the, all the people that God created. There's no other races of people. Uh, the only people that came through the flood was no one his family. And we're all from them. So we're all of the same people. Regardless of what came before, from that point forward, we're all of the same people. And the flood was worldwide, and we'll get there and we'll see that. But uh, it they were the only ones who came through the flood. So, alright. Anyway, thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. That is the end of Genesis chapter 1. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.